You've probably got a lot to organise at the moment, so how about I take care of the intro this week? That would shorten my to-do list. Thanks. Okay, so I just have something quick to set the scene for this episode. What was the topic this week? Well, I was going to... Wait a minute. This is a What the Conspiracy Week. Are you trying to trick me into giving the game away in advance? What? No. Perish the thought. Well... Die said perish it. Has the thought perished? After a long and dignified struggle, yes. Good. Good. Yeah, it's probably good. Anyway, I thought I might do a sort of a Mad Libs thing for this intro. So give me a colour. Chartreuse, but chartreuse yellow. Okay. And a species of rare animal. Well, it has to be your mum. Yeah, classic. Uh, a holiday destination. Damn, I shouldn't have wasted your mum on that last one. Uh, Pre-industrial Normandy. I didn't specify you couldn't use time travel, so that one's my fault. Uh, and finally, a topic for an upcoming What's the Conspiracy episode? I mean, that's just sad. Ah, come on, I had you going for a minute there. I wish I could say you did, but no. Yeah, well, then you leave me no choice but to take the information directly from your subconscious. It's time for a mind heist. And how does that work exactly? I hit you in the head with this Inception DVD until you spill the beans, or until Marion Cotillard shows up to ruin everything. Ooh, I see her now. Haha, <laughs> she's bringing the theme to bring this fast to a close. Uh, you win this time, Cotillard. Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, brought to you today by Josh Addison and Dr. M. Denton. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. I, as usual, am Josh Addison. They, as usual, are Dr. M. Denton. Is that gin and tonic? It are we is. going classy or something? We are ever so slightly. I've, I've, run, I've, run, I've run out of whiskey mm. and for some reason I'm not replacing it. Fair enough. And... Okay, for, our, for for the people not watching the video, Emma's now pouring something green into the gin and tonic. Elixir Vegetal, as made by Carthusian monks who make chartreuse. Right. Do you want to smell it? No. To digest it? It smells like gin. Well, it shouldn't. And, and that all alcohol smells like gin to me. It's technically a kind of brandy. Yeah. So the joke's on you, Joshua. Right. Well, the, the point joke's is... On you. The point is, you're getting nicely wasted and I'm not, which could be more of a problem this week than usual since you're the one who's going to be introducing me to a conspiracy theory uh, I've never heard before. So it'll be a bit harder for me to paper over the cracks in your madcap demeanour as you become nasty drunk. Yes, I am known for being a very, very nasty drunk. Uh, actually, though, before we talk about this week's episode, we should talk about last week's episode. I've got one comment on the new Uncle Sam's thing on YouTube. Yes, well, I, uh, right, so because we did talk about this last week, that we basically did a sequel to Uncle Sam's Snuffbox due to the, I'm going to put in scare quotes, popularity mm. of the previous episode, it did take several months for people to find that first episode because I think the people who are really big fans of Uncle Sam's Snuff Factory are also the kind of people who only search for it every few months to find out if there's been any updates. Mm. So the messages will come, but Josh, what did what did our correspondent say? Um, well, they were basically uh, wanting us to know that there's uh, an underground war happening at the moment where the Alliance, with a capital A, 
are that's going the around. political party that used to be run by Jim Anderson and Co. Well, in New then Zealand, became the Jim yes. Anderson Progressive Party. Yes, but I think, and then just Jim Anderson. I think overseas, though, it seems to be some secret, secret organisation. Well, I mean, it's a classic off. story, isn't it? A a New Zealander who isn't successful here becomes very successful overseas. Well, that's true. Rose Matafeo is doing very well at the moment. Yes, sitcoms galore. Mm, mm, I mean, really. I mean, very, very well done. Mm. Um, no, so apparently th this this alliance are off um, running around the country destroying these underground bases uh, that that are run by the evil pedophile elites. Um, and closed with a comment of, if you are wondering where all of those millions of missing children have gone, those Which millions of missing children, no. I mean, it's one of those things you can't really prove in a negative. No. And that if we go, but there aren't millions of children missing, they'll go, aha! But they're missing. But you Show me where they are then. Or yes. show me where they aren't. I'll show you mm. where they are. So anyway, we've had one bite already, so I guess... I guess it's oh, more its bites job. will come. I'm sure they I will. I just suspect they'll all come from the same people. Well, yes, almost certainly. Anyway, I think that's all we have to talk about, I think. It is. So it is indeed all we have to talk about. I'm there going, is no other news. Yep, I'm going to face away from you now so I don't accidentally read your tablet over your shoulder and find out what you're about to introduce me to as we play the chime and get into what the conspiracy. It's time to play What the Conspiracy. Right, but my tablet's away. I don't even care if it restarts in the middle of an episode now because it's Which no it good. Will. To it, it will. will. It almost certainly will, yes. Now, standard three questions. Mm -hmm. Where, what, and the other one. The other one. When? When. Probably, yes. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so what, last, last week you tricked me with a thing that turned out to be a work of fiction um, from, from, from late, early 1900s England or something like that, late 1800s. So... I'm going to guess you're going to go as far as that from that as possible. So as far from England as you can get is here, I guess. All right, so you're saying New Zealand. It's going to be in New Zealand. Um, as far as we can get from the, the late 1800s would be the early also 1800s. I don't know how that See, works. I, I, I thought you were going to go to, you know, say... 1800, 1800 BCE. BC. Oh, even better. Yeah, 1800 BC in New Zealand. I think it's BCE these days, before the Common Era. Hmm. Uh, and as for the nature of it, last time it was about a work of fiction, so this is going to be something real. What's as real as, as real can be? Your mum. True, but some, something the opposite of abstract, well, the opposite of abstract, of course, is concrete. So I'm going to guess it's something about... Uh, a 4,000-year-old a concrete factory in what would later become New Zealand. Interesting. You are so, so incredibly wrong. Well, I pretty much have to be. What do we got? It's the 20th century. Mm -hmm. It is, depending on how you want to locate where this caper occurred, it's either Eastern Europe or Cuba or the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And it's an assassination plot. Oh, good. I do like a good assassination plot. So tell me, Joshua, have you heard about the plot to kill Castro? Obviously, yes, I have. All right, tell me about the plot to kill Castro. There was one, supposedly. Right. Uh, so 
Tell me about tell me about what you know about the plot to kill Castra. Well, weren't there lots of them? Weren't there all sorts of different plans to to Give do me them one. in or go, go through? On. Was it the, the 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 itching powder in the mustache, or was that Stalin? No, no, that that, that, was, that, that was Fidel Castro. That wasn't to kill him, I suppose. That was just to drive him crazy. Um, to actually murder him. I, haven't we done an episode on this? I mean, there's an infamous exploding cigar. Oh, the exploding cigars, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, something about poisoning something or other? Oh, yeah, they uh, wanted to use high, poison highly poisonings. soluble poisons and introduce it into Fidel Castro's food. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't, I, they're... they're, they're, they're well, certainly more than I can remember, that's for sure. But I'm assuming this will be one that I don't know. One now, particular note, assassination I keep, plot. I keep saying Fidel Castro. Mm. I'm talking about Raul Castro. I see. Raul Castro being in your relation? The brother of the Fidel brother. Castro. Okay. And basically the Secretary of State in the Cuban government. Right. And so not only are we talking about an assassination plot to kill Raul Castro, this was the first plot to kill a Castro. Oh, I see. So Raul was the first target rather than Fidel. So, so sweet summer it... child, let me take you on a journey. Also, you should be in charge of pressing the surprise button. Okay. It shouldn't just be me. Uh, I'll yeah. lean across a bit okay. so I can properly express my surprise through the medium of cheap sound effect. Precise. I mean, there's, all, there's also the rim shot if you really want it, is which it? is that one there. Although, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean that was. Just I mean, we're talking we're talking about the attempted murder plot. of yeah. someone, so it's probably not going to be worth too many rim shots. Oh, it could be a Jerry Seinfeld r routine of some kind. We'll see. Okay, so Ramon Castro. I'm assuming he's, no, he's the... Remote so Raul. I'm, I'm thinking of... Do you my... know nothing about the Cuban leadership no, at all? not a goddamn thing. I know Fidel Castro was there. He had a beard and a cap. And that's about it. My God, you're politically naive. Mm. So all right. All, I, so all I've gathered from so far is that there's Raul, who I'm assuming is the Emilio Estevez to Castro's Charlie Sheen. Kind of, yeah. Although, right. where does Che Guevara fit into the storyline? Uh, I don't know. Is he... Who else was in the Breakfast Club? One of them, I guess. Judd Nelson? Yep, Judd Nelson. Judd, sure. yeah. Shay Guevara is the Judd Nelson of the Breakfast Club. You heard okay. it here first, folks. You heard mm. it here first. Right, so, okay. People wanted Raul dead. Yeah, so you actually might think that Fidel Castro would have been the prime target. Well, for I wouldn't think that, because he's the, the CIA. one that I've heard of. But apparently the first plot against the Cuban leadership targeted Raul, who was the regime's... Signal Command and Minister of the Armed Forces. So the CIA had a particular wor worry about taking out the Cuban leadership. They were aware that A, Castro's regime was incredibly popular in Cuba. Anywhere between 60 to 70% of the people supported him at any given time. They were also aware that if they just took out one member of the leadership team, then they wouldn't be able to make a regime change because the other two would step in and of course their guard would go up. Also there was a threat that maybe Russia might then intervene and do something to protect it. So the CIA were very keen to find a way to get rid of Fidel, Raul and Shay in one foul swoop. If they could find a way to get rid of all three leaders, then they would be able to affect regime change because they just basically lop off the head of mm. what they considered to be the serpent in Cuba. 
Now, of course, it turned out that the Cuban leadership was very much aware that there were certain forces, particularly in North America, that were not particularly keen on them. And so they tried to minimize public appearances in the same spaces. And they also tried to make sure that they never traveled together at the same time. So that if someone struck at one of them, they would not be able to easily strike at all three of them. Now, back in March of 1960, a special team of CIA officials and operatives gathered for the first meeting of what was called the Branch 4 Task Force, which was dedicated to overthrowing Castro, Castro, and Guevara in, in Cuba. And this meeting, or at least this task force, eventually did lead to the Bay of Pigs fiasco slash invasion. Right, but before that... They were trying to bump off Well, Raul. before that, they were thinking about assassination plots. Mm. Now, the characters involved in our little story here are J.C. King, who was head of the Western Division. He spent most of World War II feeding deceptive information to Japanese agents, and then he retired in 1967, but then went on to have a glorious career as an intelligent consultant, so doing the same job but being paid a lot more. Mm -hmm. Thank God for capitalism. There was Tracy Barnes, who was... Deputy Director of Covert Operations. He was the principal manager of the 1954 Guatemalan coup d'etat and also the principal manager of the Bay of Pigs invasion. And he eventually got fired from the CIA in 1966. So there were some consequences to not running things particularly well. Mm -hmm. We've got William J. Murray, who was the CIA officer who was stationed in Havana at the time the story takes place. He actually goes on to be a fairly interesting character because he was a major critic of the intelligent assessment which led to the invasion of Iraq back in 2003. And then in 2004 was a principal behind the creation of the Intelligence Reform and Terrorist Prevention Act, which was the first major overhaul of legislation around the intelligence services in the US. So basically as a kind of, ooh, uh, that dossier stuff about the invasion of Iraq, that wasn't very good, was mm. it? We, uh, now that we've actually successfully invaded another country on false pretenses, we should do something about cleaning up our messes at home. And finally, we have Richard Bissell, who is the head of covert operations. Interesting enough, he studied at Yale and decided not to enter Skull and Bones. Mm. So he decided not to enter a secret society, unlike his brother William. He helped run the Marshall Plan post-World War II, so was very much involved in fighting communism and providing resources to people in Europe post the Second World War. He helped develop the U-2 spy plan, and not the band, the U-2, although maybe had a, a, a role in that dastardly mm. endeavour as mm. well. And in the late 50s, he argued the CIA should engage in morally grey activities so understandably, he was very much involved in the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Mm -hmm. So yes, these four characters are going to come in and out of our story over time. So we are now going all the way back to 1959. And the plot to assassinate Raul Castro basically by getting him killed in an aircraft accident. Okay. So it turns out that after the 1959 revolution... A pilot working in Havana by the name of Jose Raul Martinez had been recruited as an asset by William J. Murray 
who was stationed in the CIA office in Havana. And on July the 18th, 1960s, Martinez told Murray that he'd been selected to pilot a chartered flight to Prague on July 21st to return Raul Castro and his entourage to Havana. Okay. So basically, they'd been a mission into Eastern Europe for communist people to engage in communist things. Raul needed to return back to Cuba, and Martinez was going to fly his plane all the way to Prague, pick up Castro, and then fly Castro back. So the CIA, finding out at the very last minute that one of their assets was going to be flying with someone they really, oh, so really they didn't arrange to... for him to be the pilot. No, it just so happened that he was. And yeah, he was, oh, yeah. Okay, So, right. so this, this is a case of Martinez going, oh, I'm just having a coffee meeting with his CIA handler. Okay, so, oh, so what are you doing this week? Oh, well, you know, tomorrow I'm going to fly off to Prague. Oh, what are you doing there? Oh, I'm picking up Raul Castro to bring him back to Cuba, and they're going. Right, just uh, just 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 put a pin in that for a minute. I need to go need talk to with call. someone yes. back at the office because you do know that we want this Castro dead, right? So you might be in a fairly good position to do something for us. So Barnes and King offer Martinez ten thousand US dollars or a reasonable demand in excess of that, as well as to arrange rescue facilities for the pilot after an accident had taken place. But they definitely said no money in advance. So you get paid on completion of your service, you're not going to get anything before you actually do the deed. Mm -hmm. I guess that makes sense. Don't want him losing his nerve or what have you. I'm, I'm interested to hear how they intended to fake an air crash that would be fatal to the passenger but not to the pilot. Well, yes, you're mm. already getting to the nub of the issue of this particular plot. So the timetable for arranging this accident was incredibly tight, in that Murray basically was talking to Martinez about the plot as Martinez was literally driving to the airport to fly to Prague. So they knew that he was going to be the pilot. They got low-level authorization that we're going to carry this plot out because we have pre-existing plan to get rid of the Castro if the Castro presents themselves. But at the same time, they are planning the plot on a car drive through Havana. Right. So there's, there's not much in the way of machinations going on here. This is spitballing as someone is driving. They said, hmm, what are the different ways we can potentially take Castro out on a plane? So they discussed several potential accidents that Martinez could engage in. The first was he could crash into the ocean three hours into the trip. Mm -hmm. And then they'd come along in a boat and and help Raul on his way if he hadn't been killed by the crash and and pick up the pilot. Oh, how many other people would be on this plane? Was it just the two of them? or would No, so there, 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 would, there would so be the pilot would be slash the, potential be the other crew. Mm. there would be other passengers as well. And the CIA right. are only interested in killing one mm. person on this flight. So there are other people on board the plane. So, yeah, so one option is you crash into the ocean three hours into the trip. In theory, that's because three hours into the trip, you're over open ocean. So even if Castro survives the crash, there's nowhere for Castro to swim. Of course, the obvious problem there is 
if every if anyone's coming to rescue Martinez, then potentially Castro might be able to also get rescued as well. I mean, there's also the problem of racism here, and that a drowning Cuban probably looks like any other drowning Cuban in the water. And you you might be going, well, before I rescue you, sir, could you tell me, are you a Castro? Oh, you're not a Castro. Please come on board this boat. Mm. There's an obvious problem there. Now, another option they discussed was an engine burnout on takeoff that would simply delay the trip. Right, to what, give them time to get agents in position or something to do something else? I mean, it's not entirely clear from the CIA, CIA memos exactly what a delay would do, because Castro would still be stranded in Prague. Prague at that particular point in time is in a communist bloc country. So maybe it might allow CIA agents operating in Europe to effect an assassination there. But at the same time, you'd also think, well, we actually now know exactly where he is because we know you're going to pick him up. It's going to take you quite some time to fly from Cuba to Prague anyway. So why don't we just take that action there? So that, that plot seemed to go absolutely mm. nowhere. Uh, one option was to puncture a tire on the plane to ensure that when the plane landed in Cuba, it would crash and burn up. Right. And the pilot would have parachuted out before? How would they get the pilot to buy into a scheme that involves supposedly his fiery death? Well, see, the thing is, Martinez was aware this was a, was a potential suicide mission. And so he wanted and was granted assurances that his two children would be looked after. So he had two sons, okay. and he wanted to make sure they had decent college educations. So the idea was, if I carry this through and it's very likely I'm going to die, then you need to make sure that my children are looked after. Okay, well, that makes it a little bit easier then if you have a pilot who was willing to at least uh, consider the possibility of dying in the act. Ah, but he was only willing to sacrifice himself because one scenario that was dismissed very early on was causing engine failure on the flight, which would presumably lead to an onboard fire, which, as Martinez pointed out, would make it very hard for the pilot and crew to escape in midair. Okay, so he did. He was happy with himself dying, but he wasn't so keen that everyone else on the plane would die as well. Yes, basically. Right. So he was willing to take out Castro, because it does turn out that Martinez was recruited in, as a CIA asset because he didn't like the Castro regime, mm -hmm. but he wasn't willing to sacrifice anyone else on the plane. Okay, to so we're back, this plan. we're back to the original problems then. Yeah. So basically, they they start talking through options as Martinez is driving to the airport to fly to Prague. And basically, they come to an agreement that if you can affect an accident that takes out Castro, you are to undertake that accident. They didn't come up with any solid plan. They've simply discussed a whole bunch of options. And Martinez then takes off. And then we get our plot twist. Oh, I like a good plot twist. Because just after Martinez leaves for Prague... Sorry, hang on, so let me just let me hover my finger over the surprise button as you hit me with this. So yeah, just after Martinez leaves for Prague, Washington contacts the station in Havana and tells them not to pursue the accident plot at all. Which is that classic case in a thriller film where the person takes off and then the person on the ground gets the phone call of mission is cancelled. Abort, abort. Yeah, 
In case of... Because uh, it had uh, taken that long for word to get back to head office. Yeah, I because once again, this is a very yeah. last-minute plan. It's yeah. very hasty. There's no chance to communicate. So by the time that the CIA station in Havana has gotten information back to Washington, D.C., Martinez has already left for, pl for Prague. And, of course, the other plot twist, although it's not really much of a plot twist given we know what happened, Martinez did not cause an accident. Well, no. I assume we would have heard about it otherwise. Yeah. As in, well, I mean, you didn't seem to know who well, Raul Castro but, but was at if, all. If so, in your mind... If he had died mysteriously, likely. maybe I would have heard about him because it would have been more of a story. Well, that's true. Mm. So, apparently, he was keen to perform the accident, but there was simply no opportunity for him to do so. We don't know much about what that means. It might have meant that he just couldn't figure a way to do it, or it might have meant that Castro's security was so tight there was no way to engage in any malfeasance on board the plane. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they'd kind of got themselves in an impossible position, really. If you want to engineer an accident that will kill one specific person on a plane, but not anyone else, apart from sort of, I don't know, if he was sitting on, by a window blowing out that one section of the plane so he gets sucked out but before anyone else does or something, tricking him when he goes to the toilet and, and accidentally chucking him out the bottom of the plane or something. I, I don't see anything that could do enough damage to the plane that would only harm one person and not, and not result in everyone else going down as well. well. That does remind me, there was an episode of Futility Closet several months ago about a mysterious disappearance of someone who went to the toilet on a plane in the 1960s and then just completely disappeared. Mm. And the only operating assumption anyone has is that he must have wanted out the wrong door in midair. Because, of course, with non-pressurised cabins, we'd be in a situation you might accidentally open the outside door rather than the toilet door. And people are going, this is the really the only way to explain it is either... He went to the bathroom and, and stepped out the wrong door and took a very long drop, or he was assassinated, but no one can explain why he would have been assassinated. There was no rationale as to why someone would push him out the door mm. on, on that plan. So the idea of confusing Castro such that when he goes to the toilet, he tumbles out the plane is something which could have occurred. Could have occurred. It's just very, very difficult to yes. engineer. Yes, and if only the pilot is the one in on it, He's presumably going to be in the cockpit most of the time and not in a position to surreptitiously kick Castro oh, no, out of the idea door. of, oh, passengers who are now uh, on this plane, some of you might like to go to the toilet, uh, such as you, Raul Castro. Maybe you'd like to go to the toilet. Uh, well, all Raul Castros, please go to the toilet. It is on the right-hand side of the plane, not the left-hand side. I know the signage is very confusing, but Raul Castro, would you please go to the toilet now? This is a standard announcement on Air Cuba. Good night. I've talked about how the airplane voice is Chuck Yeager's voice. No, have you, you have not. That? No, if you've read the book The Right Stuff, on which, which the movie not. The Right Stuff was based, I don't which think I this comes watched. up in the movie, but Chuck Yeager, the famous um, aeroplane test pilot, suppose that at one point in the book they mentioned that he had that sort of drawl which just became the standard way of speaking for, for pilots, just that, oh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're flying at so-and-so feet, and if you look outside the right-hand window, you'll see Raul Castro plummeting <laughs> to his death over the uh, Pacific Ocean. Very, th th that cadence, supposedly, 
is exactly how Chuck Yeager used to talk, and the suggestion was that somehow it sort of percolated through to to, to plane instructors and ended up influencing the way a generation of pilots talked. Might not actually be true, could just be a coincidence, but... Now I want mm. to know where train announcer voices come from, because they're all designed to be completely inaudible apart from occasionally hearing the name of a station and realising they're talking about the station you're approaching in three stops time as you jump off at the wrong stop. Mm. One time I was in Shanghai Airport and they announced every, every announcement was given in English, French and Mandarin at the same time. Oh, so yeah. You, or at I least sort of, you'd, you'd get the start of an announcement and then the next language would cut off that one and then another language would cut off that one. It was, yeah. So we got our flight by basically waiting until we saw a bunch of people lining up at what we thought our gate was and joining that line. And that was the right one. And anyway. that's how you went to Cuba. No. That's how I went to Prague, actually. Wow. Germany Lovely and then Prague. city. Mm. Anyway, back so, to the plot. Yeah, so Martinez did not cause the accident because there was no opportunity to do so. A few years later, he defects to Miami and then later on the CIA were effectively expelled from Cuba, which of course led to the diplomatic breakdown between Cuba and the US, and that of course led to the Bay of Pigs fiasco, which of course actually involved all of the people like J.C. King, Tracy Barnes, William J. Murray, and Richard Bissell as well. Mm -hmm. Now what's interesting about this particular assassination plot is that it's not particularly well known, even though it was the first plot against a Castro. Mm. So the news is all about how they tried to kill Fidel, how they wanted to put itching powder in his moustache, how they wanted to develop exploding cigars and the like. It's quite possible that up until recently, not even Raul Castro was aware there was ever an assassination plot against him. Mm. He's still alive. Yeah. He only he only just retired from the Cuban government very recently. I see. And I'm assuming we know about this now because of declassified CIA documents. Yeah, so the accident plot was kind of revealed after Seymour Hersh's story in 1974 about the CIA CIA intervention in Chile, which of course led to the the media asking a lot more questions about the CIA's covert activities which itself led to Ford accidentally revealing the history of assassination plots in early 1975 in a off-the-record conversation with a journalist, which the journalist then duly reported. I think that was the conversation that led to Gerald Ford admitting there had been assassination plots against Castro, Fidel, in the past. Now, after Ford's admission... Murray decides to file a memo about the accident plot with the CIA's Inspector General in order to get his side of the story down on paper. What do you think he calls this memo? Um, what I did on my holidays? He calls it questionable activities. Ah, oh, nice. It's a, I love a euphemism. Yeah, mm. yeah. Now, this memo got turned over to the Rockefeller Commission, and also the church committee that were investigating the CIA's activities. We've talked about the church committee before, haven't we? We have. I remember the yes. name? I don't remember why. Was it? Well, it, 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 one of one of the one of the committees looking at what the intelligence agencies were doing, particularly with regard to those grey areas. Mm. Now Murray ends up testifying now. in both investigations, and the plot itself is referred to very obliquely. 
1976 report alleged assassination plots involving foreign leaders in that there is mention of a potential plot against Raul Castro, but at no point do they mention any of the specifics about the plot. So it's, as I say, it's mentioned incredibly obliquely. And largely, it's probably been missed or sidelined in history because unlike the other plots to assassinate a foreign leader, which were meticulously planned and budgeted and arranged, this was very much a hasty plot born of circumstance, which is probably also the reason as to why the CIA didn't want it to go forward, and that it was so hasty, and it was so unsure as to exactly what the plot would be, that Washington looked at it and went, we can't commit. Yeah, too much could go wrong here. Yeah. We don't want to... Too, too much that could go wrong and make us look bad if it did. Yes, precisely. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of plot that if the accident doesn't go right, and so Martinez and Castro survive, and say Martinez is stuck in Prague being tortured or having an enhanced interrogation by communists there, Martinez might end up relaying information about both the CIA and the CIA's plots, which are not going to look particularly good. So you can kind of see as to why people would go, yeah, this plot does not seem like a good idea at all. But it does kind of fit into the history of the CIA going, hmm, you're a leader we don't like, or you're a second-in-command of a regime we don't like. We are going to spend some time thinking very, very clearly about ways to kill you and also ask people to do it for us as well. Mm. COINTELPRO, I think is the last time we looked at the church, mentioned yes. the church committee. Yeah. Mm. I nearly remember it because it was named after a guy called Mr. Church, not an actual church. No, mm. no, although the church committee, <clears throat> a whole bunch of churches investigating intelligence failures by the CIA, would actually be quite fascinating. Mm. Um, so there we have it, is it? That's, the, that, that is the story of the accident plot, the first plot to kill a Castro, and not a Fidel Castro. Mm, most interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like, like I say, I pay very little attention to, um, to Cuba, other than that's where cigars come from, and, and, and everyone's heard of Fidel. Is he still around? He's not no, around. No, he, he died. No, he, he died. died. He just, died many years ago. Yeah, that's, that's why I was surprised. When you said Raul, I, I thought I thought like he must be pretty old now, Raul. So he was the younger brother by I think half a decade. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I imagine had they succeeded, we probably would know know the name of Raul Castro. Um, I mean, many of us do know the name of Raul Castro. Well, just turns out that you don't. No, no. Like most people, I assume. No, just you. No, just you. No, I'm going to go full full steam into the um, false 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 consensus uh, bias and assume that everything what I know is what most people think, and anyone well, who thinks otherwise, there's something horribly wrong with them. Well, I mean, there is something hor horribly wrong with them. It's just not for the reason that you think. Right. And so, oh, hang on. I just realised. So we've got a bonus episode coming up. I was the one who suggested we talk about this topic, and it ends up being very, very closely related to the topic you'd chosen. Yes, because we're going to be talking in the bonus episode about that old Havana sound, Havana Syndrome. Well, how about that? So I picked a topic 
that happens to be closely related to the topic that you had picked, and neither of us knew that the other was thinking that. Or Psychic connection. Did we? Mm. I mean, I knew. Well, I mean, you, you knew after I said that's what we were going to do, but you didn't know I was going to suggest that when you thought up this topic. Didn't I, you? Joshua? Didn't I? See, this is the point where we do the kind of reveal song from the, from the Saw films, where it turns out that using a series of flashbacks, I've been psychologically conditioning Josh to make sure we talk about Havana's syndrome for several weeks by using coded phrases or making really, really broad, broad hints. Right. Never seen a whole Saw film. Don't watch Spiral, then. Good. I wasn't going to. It's quite bad. Mm, it's, it's, the problem, it's not bad per se. It's just really, really boring. Oh. Is it like is it, is it moved any past just sort of torture porn? Look at these elaborate deaths for people. That stuff. No, not really. Mm. No. No. It's very disappointing. Have you seen the Have you seen the Empty Man though? No, and that I have heard good things about. I I I've heard it's it's a good sort of Lovecraftian, strange, genre-hopping movie that got marketed as a generic horror film and therefore didn't do well. Yes, it's, very, it's well worth tracking down. Watch The Empty Man. Mm, no, I must get onto that at some stage. And that concludes the review section of our podcast. So yes, in our patron bonus episode for our lovely, lovely patrons, mm -hmm. we'll be talking about the latest updates to talk of Havana Syndrome and that old Havana sound. Mm. A rumbling, rumbling sound wow. that makes you feel very, very ill in vague, sort of, sort of non-specific ways. Well, I'm beginning to think that every time I have a slight pang or I feel bilious, oh, I've got Havana syndrome. Mm, could be, but we'll have to investigate further. Um, and if you'd like to hear us investigate further, and you're a patron, then you, your work is done. Um, if you'd like to become a patron, go to Patreon and uh, search for the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. And if you don't want to be a patron, well, then you've, you've, you've had a, a whole episode of Cuba stuff already, so you should probably be thoroughly sated. Precisely. Just mm. light up that cu Cuban cigar, mm -hmm. drink that Cuban rum, and run your Cuban bath. Is that a thing, or did you just make that up? I just made that up. But if you know what a Cuban bath is, please do write into the podcast mm. and let us know. That's podcastconspiracy at gmail.com. Yes, so um, I guess there's nothing more to say, but uh, from me, they call me Cuban Pete. I'm the king of the samba beat. When I shake my maracas, they go chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. And I'm just going to say that rewatch The Mask. It's not as bad as you think it's going to be. Mm. The podcaster's guide to the conspiracy is Josh Addison and me, Dr. MRX Dentist. You can contact us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com and please do consider supporting the podcast via our Patreon. And remember, the truth is out there, but not quite where you think you left it. <laughs>